Welcome into the Dynasty Gambit. I am your co-host this evening. You can find me at FantasyJ77 on Twitter. Back as always, Brian, Vandegrad92. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing well, Jay. How about yourself? I cannot complain at all, at all. It's a little chilly yeah, outside, but different. I'm not going to So, um, Tuesday, I went in for my hearing aid, um, kind of recharged, and so I'm hearing you all better today. So, I'm excited about that. Well, that's, I mean, finally, now you can make good takes and quit giving me garbage, right? Is exactly. that what you're saying? You can instead, hear what I'm just saying. Instead stuff up like I heard it. Right, yeah. <laughs> you can hear what I'm saying and actually, actually hear me. Exactly. All right. Our other co-host tonight, Kyle. At Sinra says, Kyle, how are we doing tonight, sir? Huh? I didn't get my hearing aid check. What'd you say? Yep. No, sorry. Yep. That's it, it's that Canadian healthcare. You got to get that thing fixed. <laughs> I, I'm sure our guests are probably appreciates a more uh, socialist system but uh yeah we'll, we'll not get into that right now we'll get into dynasty talk and i i love being back part of the gambit uh alongside jay brian and uh who's this yeah. tonight is that yeah. another brian so let's welcome in our guest this evening brian <laughs> ford at ff junkie underscore part of the going for two family and co-host of the saturday night five with josh walker at rotonaut brian welcome to the gambit how we doing sir Doing very well. Glad to glad to be here. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me and, and, and looking forward. Absolutely. Well, we are glad to have you in here as well. Uh, I want to jump into some news and notes real quick. Uh, New England finally got an OC. And when I say oh, finally got an OC, it's because it's an actual offensive coach in Bill O'Brien. Uh, quick question for you. Just yes, no, maybe uh, third year with I guess this will be the third year for uh, for Mac Jones, uh, third offensive coordinator. Well, second offensive coordinator. You know, if you add, if you add in Matt Patricia, year. right? You're right. Yeah. Does it help Mac Jones um, in his fantasy value? Not necessarily on the field, but does it help his fantasy value now that he has an actual offensive coordinator? Uh, Ford, let me go to you first. Well, I think the short answer has to be, yeah, it can only go up, right? I mean, I don't know too much about O'Brien's scheme. I know, like, he basically ruined the Texans. <laughs> but I also know that he's got an Alabama uh, background, uh, and they, they overlapped a little bit there. And I saw I – I forget who did it. I, I'd like to give them credit. But someone, a reporter, tweeted that, like, Mac Jones says he wants to be coached hard mm -hmm. and that Bill O'Brien will do that. So, yeah, sure. Why not? Give him a book. If I'm not mistaken, he was the OC at one point uh, in New England. Then there was the whole thing where he went to Penn State for whatever, six hours or whatnot. And then got the the head coaching job down there, uh, and I think that, you know he could be that similar to Hackett, and we'll talk about Hackett here in a little bit. But wanting to have a, a you know or being better as a coordinator than as a head coach. So, uh, Kyle, what do you is, is do you think it's good for uh, Mac Jones having Bill O'Brien? Oh, I think it's a yeah. I think it, like Brian said, anything would be better than Patricia. Um, and yeah, O'Brien's been a successful, I mean, you can even say he's been a successful head coach. I think what would happen with the Texans is when he was given general manager powers, which he should never have been given. That's mm -hmm. what really caused it. But I even think as a head coach, he was successful. So certainly offensive coordinator, I think you almost might say he's overqualified, but certainly better than underqualified, never having coached offense ever in his career 
guy in Patricia. That, that, I still quite understand what that was last year. But yeah, I think it'll help. But I think the more significant thing is what are they doing with his weapons? Because you could have a great offensive mind all you want. But if if they lose Jacoby Myers in free agency and you've got a wide receiver core of Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, and Tyquan Thornton, that doesn't necessarily ring tons of confidence. You know, if, is Hunter Henry really your, your top weapon? Right. Um, so I think... A, uh, OC would be nice, but I think investing in the wide receiver position somehow, even if it's bringing Jacoby Myers back, because right now him a pending free agent, I think they can't really afford to lose him unless you're using that money to sign someone close to as good as him. So right uh, we'll have to see, I think, what they do at receiver, because if it's a worse receiver core than this year, I don't know that the results will be that much better. Right on. Brian, real quick, what, what anything you to add to that? No, I'll be honest with you. Both, both guys did it perfectly, and I think the best way to put it, I, I think it can be a slight improvement because, like they said, there was a slight overlap at Alabama, so at least they're familiar. But they definitely have to improve their weapons, no, no, no matter what. New England offense right, offense right now is just, I don't know. There's a few teams similar to them, but uh, they definitely have to improve their weapons, or it's going to be hard to have a big jump. But he's got potential. I mean, he, he's only two, has only played two years, so give him a chance. Why not? Okay. Uh, the Jets hire a new OC, uh, former um, Denver Broncos head coach failure uh, or head coach um, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. And you know, we said this a couple weeks ago when he got fired on this show that Hackett is probably a better coordinator than he is a head coach. Now, the rumors are going to start flying again, just like they did last year at this exact same time when Hackett got hired in, in Denver. Now Aaron Rodgers is automatically on a plane. He's headed to Denver. So now he's headed to New York. I, the rumors were flying that he was going to New York beforehand, but I don't know that he goes to New York. He, I think there may be an issue between him and Hackett, so maybe he doesn't go to New York. What does Hackett do for the other offensive players, you know, without Aaron Rodgers, of course, because he's not there. What does it do for the offensive players that are currently on that roster? Brian, I want to go to you first. You can take all the time you want since Kyle just talked all of your time. <laughs> that's, that's okay because I'm going to lean on Kyle on this one a little bit anyway because mm -hmm. I bet he knows better than me. But this afternoon I was reading a little bit about Hackett, and I guess he had two. I think it was two top ten offenses there in Green Bay. But he's also had failure in a couple of other, other offensive coordinator positions. And off the top of my head, I want to say Jacksonville maybe. Yep. And one other one where he wasn't successful. And then we all know how much of a debacle he was in Denver. He had what was the least number of points, average points per game. And he was, I think, 10th in, in least yardage. So I don't know. I mean, can he? is he really that much better of an offensive coordinator? Or maybe in Green Bay, he was just lucky enough to have Aaron Rodgers, and maybe he won't get him with, with the Jets. So I think the jury's definitely out on him. And to me, he's a failure until proven otherwise. So, Right on. Ford, go ahead. and what, What's your take on Hackett going to to uh, New York? Well, I don't know if, if you all know this, but I, I, I grew up a, a, a Jets fan. Um, I no so longer really have a team, which – kind of why but um i don't know i think lafleur <laughs> got a little scapegoated for 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 what for zach wilson being Absolutely. zach wilson and i i don't know that really hackett's that much of an improvement if in the sense that listen they're going to be a running defense team right and they at least if they get a little bit of an upgraded quarterback 
you know, look at what Wilson was able Garrett Wilson was able to do with three meh, quarterbacks. So there's a little bit of hope, but 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 really, I, it's maybe horizontal at best. And 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 as as the other Brian pointed out, not a very dynamic offense that he was using in in Denver. So I'm not going out there and like you know hair on fire selling Garrett Wilson, but eh, no eh, no really strong feelings one way or the other. And, and, and I will agree with you because you we you know we looked at the the Denver Broncos last year and the before they put the pads on, we were saying how how good this offense was going to be. It was a it was stamped. This offense in Denver was just going to be dynamic with Sutton, with Judy, you know, with, with with of course Williams, with you know Russell Wilson in the back or you know under under center. So this, and then you had Hackett just. I, I don't know if he just decided, you know what? I really don't want this job because I couldn't get Aaron Rodgers and I'm stuck with with Russell Wilson. So don't run the ball. Don't pass the ball. Just play defense and, and only do that half the time anyway. All right. So I want to go to where where Nathaniel Hackett came from Denver. I guess that's or from from Green Bay, which is the, probably the best known thing that he ever did. Offensive coordinator. Go to our resident Green Bay fan, Kyle. What does this do for the New York Jets offense? I think the problem with Green Bay was, though, he wasn't really running his system. He was running Matt LaFleur's system, which comes from the Shanahan system. So does that experience relate directly? Is it a very similar offense that he was kind of given to teach the players when he was with LaFleur in Green Bay? So does that experience prep him for taking over for Mike LaFleur? And, uh, you know, and Salah, and, and again, coming from that Shanahan uh, tree, is that what, what where it kind of relates? Uh, I don't know. And I think maybe the, the the couple spots we've seen his offensive system, one was Denver. And that, that seems awful. Um, and then the other time really was the Jaguars. And back to like what I remember about the Jaguars back in the day with Blake Bortles, uh, limited by the quarterback. But I thought he coached around him well enough, used a lot of play action. It was a, They were a run-heavy team. That's maybe the expectation with the Jets. If Brees Hall can come back healthy, you'll be a really heavy run team, use a lot of play action. So maybe he incorporates what he did in Jacksonville and kind of finds a hybrid between that and the Shanahan system, which frankly is run heavy anyway. So maybe it's a lot of running. That's that's kind of uh, like uh, Ford was saying. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't think this necessarily increases anything for Garrett Wilson. I don't think it downgrades him either. The quarterback will be much more. Mm-hmm. They got to uh, figure that out. Yeah, yeah, that, that will determine much more of his value, and frankly, every other player's value. If if they don't get a good quarterback, it sort of lowers everyone in particular. If they get a good quarterback, it raises everyone higher. I don't think Hackett's system has anything does anything in particular for one player or another. Uh, again, maybe just what was already a really strong run team last year just continues to do so once Brees, Brees Hall is back healthy. So yeah, I was and I was going to say you brought up the run game for them, and if that's the case, I mean they've got three pretty solid you get two one dynamic and two very very solid with with Brees Hall Michael Carter and now the the emergence of of Bam Knight so I like that I like that uh finally we got our first head coach hiring of the year uh Frank Wright to to Carolina ironic story here Frank Wright was the very first quarterback for this franchise didn't know if you knew that but that he was the that was back when you know the 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 he was with the Bills uh, he did a, did a, uh, I want to say he did a come the, the comeback was, was him that that biggest comeback against the Titans. I want to say it was, 
Um, so yeah, so he was the first quarter uh, quarterback for the franchise, and now he will be the head coach in Carolina. Uh, any thoughts on him being the head coach, uh, Brian? I'm I'm actually a big Frank Reich fan, so I, I I'm glad somebody hired him. I thought I thought he'd done a decent job with the Colts, and let's be honest, he hasn't had a consistent quarterback for the last five years, just like you want to have a consistent quarterback for Carolina. <laughs> um, maybe Matt Corral's the future. I don't think so. But So uh, Matt Ryan is not moving back to the South? Exactly. I think after Frank Reich just lost his job with Matt Ryan, <laughs> I don't think he's going back. I, honestly, I think Sam Darnold has, unless, unless they go completely outside the organization, I think if it's anyone, the way he finished last year, I think Sam Darnold has the first crack at the week one start. And they have, what, the th- – 13th overall pick? I think, uh, I think it's a little earlier than that. Is it ninth. ninth? Ninth pick? Okay. Yeah. And they may just draft a quarterback anyway, and that's the guy. Uh, it's, it's actually, the, it's actually. I believe it's the 10th pick, but that neither here nor there. I could see them making a stab at like Anthony Richardson or something along those lines, which I think he still needs some more developing, and I don't know if that's the right move, but I mean, for a franchise, it's been, you know, yeah. I could see them doing that. For anything, free agent. So you're right. It may it may just be someone completely different, mm-hmm. like a free agent as well. Right. Uh, we I mean, Jimmy G, somebody like yeah. that, could be very, very possible. Uh, Do we Ford, think they'll give Corral another chance? I mean, you draft. They drafted him what in the fifth round, fourth round, something sure. like that. I don't. I thought he was taken right around Ritter and Willis. He may have been. He may. But have still, been. third necessarily. Yeah. I guess any, just, any, how do they think he compares to the other quarterbacks they could possibly get a 10? If you're thinking that he's close enough anyway, then, yeah, maybe they're better served taking a, a better player. But if not, if they think there's a significant difference, they might just go with that, with whatever. Right on. Ford, any thoughts on Frank Wright? Well, I mean, I think we're in another one of these, like, where do we go but up situations Okay. Uh, as far as that goes. But when I think about, okay, this gives a bump to the Panthers' pieces – and they are who besides DJ Moore? <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think you have to think of it that way, right? Um, we've seen DJ Moore underwhelm compared to expectations for years um, with bad quarterbacks. Um, and so you would think the offense would, would you know, uh, be more uh, cohesive, move the ball better. Uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they draft like a Quentin Johnson at nine uh, tank this year and try to get, you know, May Drake, or Caleb Drake Williams May. Yeah, next year. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. And Sam Darnold is a free agent. So, yeah. I mean, they do like, can, can they resign him? Like, what was he asking for? Are they willing to pay that? And maybe it's, I mean, they, maybe they, he comes back they, as a bridge quarterback. And like, like Ford said that they're, they're drafting from that 24 class next year. So maybe you want it as a two year deal. Then you could be flexible next year. If whoever you draft, you don't have to start them if you have Darnold under contract. So. Yeah, I think unless they abs, unless he absolutely gives them a team friendly deal, there's no sense of bringing him back. They 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 gave up a fourth round pick for him, something like that. So, and they've got draft capital from from the Christian McCaffrey trade, even though no first from that. But anyway, whatever. A great great job there. Uh, Dan Quinn informed uh, teams that he is going to stay with Dallas per Tom Pelissero. All right, let's get into last week. You had Kansas City. Um, knock off the Jags, which, you know, last week, you, Brian, uh, uh, Kyle, you said there was not a zero, but close to zero percent chance the Jags could win this game. 
and it was actually a game. Yeah, oh, no. to, I, it, looked, not... it looked more than a one percent chance. That's for sure. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> now, is it the now with the outcome of Mahomes getting injured? Is that what it took to make it a close game? Maybe, maybe. But I think you were actually thinking the score was going to be more like the Giants Philly game, thirty-eight to seven. Uh, Cincinnati goes up to Buffalo and and twenty-seven ten. Mixon goes for one oh five and a touchdown. I think Mixon is is sending a message back to the league that. Hey, don't forget about us. We don't need to worry about your coin flips. We'll take care of our own business. <laughs> your neutral site games and stuff like right. that. Right. So there was a tweet uh, I saw and something about, you know, mixing with, with the coin flip and all that. And I'm like, well, they he just needs to go ahead. Somebody needs to go ahead and, and tell Joe Mixon that, like, in Glendale, they've already got signs of the Chiefs up. So that he has this same kind of a game, you know, just gets pissed that they've already got the Chiefs booked for a hotel and everything else like that. But uh, out of these four games last week, uh, was there any one player that stood out for you and added to their fantasy value? Uh, Kyle, what do you got? So mine was surprisingly Kadarius Tony, and he only had 35 yards receiving, but it kind of also talks to how low everyone else was besides uh, Kelsey. Uh, Tony had seven targets, so he was second on the team. No other chief had more than two. And with, I know, I think I, I was expecting more from Juju Smith-Schuster this year. And I, I wonder if the Chiefs were as well. And on the one-year deal, they could easily just say, you know, walk in free agency and we're, we're not going to pay you. And does that free things up for you? Where even if the Chiefs say invest, in, you know, in, in a rookie wide receiver in the draft or, or sign some other free agent, kind of feels like Kadarius Tony is probably going to be a starting wide receiver for the Chiefs next year. They're kind of prioritizing getting him involved. And if and if Juju's not out producing him like expected, I mean, he might enter next year as the number one wide receiver for the Chiefs and number two target behind Travis Kelsey. So I think he's – I think I still have Juju higher than Tony in dynasty rankings, but I feel like if I looked at my last rankings, they're far too apart and they should be a lot closer together. I think maybe the edge with Juju is because he's leaving in free agency, if he doesn't stick with the Chiefs, a team will probably prioritize getting him the football a lot. And if he leaves the Chiefs, maybe he gets a better target share wherever he goes. So I don't think I'm downgrading Juju necessarily, but maybe this is just bringing up Tony in my rankings. Ford? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't really watch much playoff football. Once the fantasy playoffs are over, it kind of, you know, doesn't really interest me. Um, so nothing really stands out. I don't even know what the coin flip is that you're talking about, but – um, I, I, what I will say is that uh, sometimes I think people can cloud their judgment and overreact to to playoff performances when it comes to fantasy. Gabe I, Davis, I think, anybody? Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis, anybody? I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's good for me because I kind of ignore it. Funny, funny you mentioned Gabe Davis, right? Um, in 2021, I wrote a, a, a dynasty article about how he's a target. Now, I didn't I didn't say he was going to be like elite, you know, but he, he had upside, right? So he he posed, and then he goes out and does that thing in, in the playoffs, right? Has that big game, and just kind of like half jokingly, like I I you know reposted my article and says, "Haha, you laughed at me, right?" And so like I was the like ahead of the market guy on Gabe Davis a little bit, and then even it got out of control. Like as far as I'm concerned, like I felt like the guy that's like, like I I liked the band like three albums ago, and like. <laughs> you all are way too excited about this. Like, it, it, and, and so then I wound up kind of like in the middle on him when there is no middle on Gabe Davis, everybody <laughs> was either like, he's, he's the second coming or 
he, he's you know he's overrated in the height and i wound up in the middle like the whole way but but yeah i mean that's a, that's an example of i think people get a little little you know over their skis about about playoff performances when it comes to fantasy it's an entirely different uh world in, in the playoffs and and it's a much smaller universe of of teams and it's elite versus elite and i really it's just we need to cool, cool our jets a little bit yeah i feel like ford should have gone first maybe i wouldn't have been so excited about tony <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what you got for us? I, I'll agree with Brian on this one. And the funny thing is, you can also look look at it like exhibition football. I mean, you got the elite of the elite versus the crap versus crap. But either way, you shouldn't put too much emphasis on the on the actual gameplay in either one. So it's more important to pay attention to the regular season. But the one player that I mean, it was kind of a weird weekend to me in general. Um, I'm in a small like buy-in league where you you have to start. Um, you can only you can only start a player once during all four weeks of the playoffs, so there's no overlapping. So each four weeks, you put a totally different lineup in, and so I've been keeping quite a bit of attention. But last weekend belonged to the tight ends, and Travis Kelsey was really the only player that had a dominant week. To me, I mean, there were there were a lot of underperformances last week, and the tight end position, including Kittle, um, several Goddard, several of them had pretty good games. So the tight ends were better than everybody else last week. But I guess my big question is, Kelsey is thirty three, and he's t- heads and tails number one tight end. But how much longer can he keep that up? Is it five more years? Is it three more years? But I mean, he just showed out last week, and I was pretty much amazed by that. So, yeah, I mean, you've been saying this, or we've been saying this for what three years now with Kelsey, and he just continues. And I, I, I know it's, it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with Patrick Mahomes and 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 just getting absolute targets left and right, and not having multiple receivers or you know good enough receivers on the outside this year. But I mean, we, you know. It's almost like father time, like we talked about Tom Brady. Father time is not going to catch up with this guy until he's about 42, 43, 44, somewhere in that range. So we got a good another 10 years of, of Kelsey, right? It does you know seem what? like tight end is the one position you can maybe, like quarterback a little bit, afford to ignore the ages a little bit. You see a guy in his 30s, you're not panicking. Some of these guys can play pretty well. And it's not just Kelsey. We've seen other – if you're a Hall of Fame tight end, you've got that talent, that ability to get open. That'll kind of maintain – through most of the career, the ability to catch the football, right? Like that's kind of what separates the move tight ends from the blocking tight ends. And that ability to catch the football doesn't go away. Maybe they get less fast. Uh, it's maybe a little tougher to make contested catches, but ultimately if you can get open and catch, that's that's what it takes with Kelsey. I mean, how, I mean, did he even make one contested catch this week on his, on his uh, tight end playoff record, 14 catches? He was always just wide open. So as long as he's associated to that offense too. Yeah, if it's that, a dynasty it, startup, he's probably the first tight end I'm taking off the board. And it's I don't want to push up younger guys like a Kyle Pitts just because he's younger. So I'll, I'll if I want to invest in younger position players, it'll be at the wide receiver position at running back. And then, you know, I'll find a way to make it work in the startup with Kelsey at that tight end. If I want to go that route, if not, then just you know can wait afford yeah. to wait on some other guys. Yeah, the, I mean, the big question to me is not so much as he tied in one, but. And then a tight end premium league, how, how, where do you start? Where are you comfortable with him? I mean, I'm assuming in a super flex tight, tight end premium league, 
he's top five in in regards to overall picks. I would imagine. I think I mean, that's. A, I, I think that's a. Junior, I think. Yeah, I think that's a little high, but in a one quarterback, absolutely, I, I could see him being in the top six, seven. But I think in in a, in a super flex, I would have him. You know late first, early second, but he's definitely the first receiver coming off the board in a super flex, you know, because of the tight end premium. Um, I think, you know, you might have Jefferson, you might have Chase over top of him, but those would be the only two, you know what I mean? But I just couldn't yeah. see, I couldn't see it on a super flex taking him at, at four or five or six. Uh, that. It I, would I tend have to be, be, I want to make my first pick a quarterback. And right, right, too. right. Probably a second rounder for me. So we got the conference championship games coming up this weekend. We got the 49ers at the Eagles. Uh, Eagles are a two and a half point favorite at home. Uh, that game's at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Then we got the Bengals at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now a one point favorite at 630 at home on Sunday. This Kansas City and Cincinnati line has moved, I mean, back and forth and back and forth. It opened up at two and a half with Kansas City. You know, then the, the, so-called, I don't even know if it's a high ankle sprain or if it's, a, if it's not a sprain at all now. Uh, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. So he's he didn't practice on, I want to say it was Monday or whatever it was. They they found out it was a high ankle sprain on Monday. So the line immediately flipped to two and a half for Cincinnati. They found out you know Wednesday that he had a full practice. Patrick Mahomes had a full practice after having a high ankle sprain on Sunday. The line moved to... Uh, plus one or a, a negative one for Cincinnati. So Cincinnati's still the favorite. Then this morning, I don't know what news came out, but it moved another two points. Now it's back in Kansas City's favor. What do you make of that? It's got to be all – It's right now, I mean, I, the Bengals, in my mind, still are the favorites to win this game. Brian? It sounds like it's entirely tied to Mahomes and with the perception of, of how hurt is he, is he. It seems like that's more what, what you're betting on with this line. Correct. And now I'm not necessarily referring to the bets. I'm asking you for your favorites of these two games, right? So who is your favorite to win Cincinnati? Casey, uh, uh, who's your favorite for the 49ers Eagles game? Brian, let's go to you first. I would still at home take Kansas city. And then in the, in the opposite matchup, I'm going to go with that. San Francisco's in a Super Bowl pick the whole time, so I'm still going to go with San Francisco. And this is why I went with you because last week we, you know, I made mine two weeks ago, whatever it was. We asked you and Kyle, you made yours as well. Kyle, we asked Kyle, and Kyle and I are the only two that have both of our teams still in it because Cincinnati knocked your Bills out last week. That's why I wanted to go to you first. I already know who Kyle's going for <laughs> on this. Brian, or I'm sorry, Ford. Who do you have winning the 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals games? I, I don't really much care one way or the other. I can't remember the last time <laughs> I watched the Super Bowl. But this allows me a, a little bit of time to say I just – at this point, I want Brock Purdy to win the Super Bowl so that I can feel even more better when he's not the starter next year. The I told you so can be even bigger. Like for a couple of weeks now, I've been like this dream needs to die. Can – can someone just smash Brock Purdy into the ground and like, you know, can we wake up already? Cause people are just <laughs> out of their minds with, you know? Um, and now it's like, well, listen, if he's got this far, just win the whole damn thing so that I'll look even smarter when Lance is the starter day one in 23. Uh, so what the hell? I don't know. Uh, also uh, I'll go against my, my co-host Jesse on dynasty fever 
just to just to I don't know have a water bet, and I'll, I'll say you know let's go Purdy. Wow, I, I mean that would mean he would be end up being he's what six six and zero right now. He would win. That would be eight and zero to start your career. That's got to be a record, right? That's insane. And and then it would be in the playoffs as well. So props to him. I mean, it rock the Brock. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Wow. All the right, it's out of control. It's, it, it's, it is, it's, it's and, and to, to Ford's credit, I think the dream will end. So I, I think the Eagles will win. As for, like I've been picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl since before the season. Mm-hmm. This this ankle injury is the one thing that's kind of put doubt in how good Burrow's playing. I might actually flip it to the Bengals, but uh, it looks like Mahomes is going to be healthy and okay. I mean, he was healthy okay last year. The Bengals still won, right? right? So yeah, the, they're three and zero in the last three. Kind of leaning Bengals Eagles and. Uh, the Bengals will get it done. They're you know two years in a row in the Super Bowl. I don't think Burrow's going to lose both both of them. So if they can get back, I think they Ooh. have a good chance. But I, the one game I feel more confident in is the Eagles game because I think the one thing that Purdy has had the whole time is he's had the better defense. Mm-hmm. You maybe still make that argument here, but this is the one time where you can maybe make the argument that he doesn't. Like the Eagles may have the better defense, and uh, it's it's probably the toughest defensive line he's had to play against. So is that pressure going to be so much for him? Um, you know, got a couple of good corners as well that can maybe neutralize those weapons a little bit. So I think the Eagles overall are just a little too much. Something doesn't belong here. You got three top five quarterbacks in the championship games in Brock Purdy. Something just well, feels that, like the, the Eagles have to win this game. So if, if you pay attention to the Twitter sphere, you've got three top five quarterbacks and the offensive rookie of the year. It's funny, I thought, it's funny because the person I thought should have been re- offensive rookie of the year wasn't even a finalist. So what do I? Yeah, know? Chris Olave. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you got, I mean, you got he had to, I mean, and Wilson, you could make the, the the same type of thing, like what they had to do to produce with the quarterback play they had. Uh, now, Chris Olave wishes he had Mike White. So that's that's the thing. Like, there's a stretch where where Wilson Ooh. had the had the good quarterback play for a little bit. Anyway, uh, I don't think Olave had that once this season. So what he did, I think, pretty mm. remarkable. From that's, that's, a rookie perspective, and he kind of did slow down as the season went on. But yeah, uh, so clearly I'm already I already made the wrong pick of offensive rookie of the year since <laughs> didn't even make it as a finalist, which kind of baffled me. But I, I guess I get it. Well, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go over to Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code GF2. Get a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. You've got you've got game parlays. You have. Uh, uh, best ball there's so much and I, and I know there's more than i'm missing because they, they've got nascar i think they've got coming they've got uh basketball and nhl you know they've got all of this for not just best ball but also for uh pickums uh and you can use that 100 dollars to on the pickums and you will get paid right away you can also check out a wednesday show that we got going right now i think he's going to go back to fridays in season but the B-League gives you all of those. We won a bunch of money this year with the B-League. Um, going for two shows we have this year are Monday night, the two-point conversion with yours truly right here to my left, Kyle, and his cast of characters. Tuesday night, we got to speak on it. Wednesday, we got the B-League pickums early in the afternoon and then the armchair fantasy. You've got us on Thursday night. You've got the armchair DFS on Friday. And then right below me, the co-host of the uh, Dynasty Saturday Night 5 on Saturday. Make sure you're checking out our Discord. Here's a funny thing is, as I went and put this in here today, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got to bring up the conversation that Brian Ford and I were having in the Discord because it was a 
classic, you know, we don't agree on certain things. And, and you know, at the end, we agreed on something. And he was like, yeah, you know, Gator, you, you, you're not all lost. You know, we, we found one thing we have in common, right? But the reason I bring this up is because we were talking about the, the 23 class and how I feel about it, how Brian feels about it. Um, so to give you a heads up, over the next week or two, we are going to be doing a combination of the 2022-2023 rookies only and do a combo draft of those. The other reason I bring it up is if you want to get into those conversations, we were in the Discord. It was wide open for anybody to jump into. So come join us over there. It is free, absolutely free. Go check out the goingfor2.com. At the very bottom right is the link for the Discord. Click on that. Come join us over there and let's have some fun. Discord is on and popping. Yes. I mean, what's crazy is, you know, I got to give you props on this, Brian. You are probably one of the most active members in there. I'm trying to catch up with you, and it's going to take me like three years to catch up. Hold on. To be fair, (laughs) to be fair, I'm on a leave of absence from work right now. So you wouldn't see half of this if if I was working every day. So, well, there is that. All right, so we during the season, we do a stock up, stock down segment. We're going to do a little take of the stock up, stock down. So stock up, what I want to know is, are there any players you are actively seeking in Dynasty to add to your roster? And if so, why do you want those players? So we're going to start with Brian Ford. How are you doing? Let's go. Well, I mean, I could go in a lot of directions here. I, I think, you know, my my general motto is everybody's a buy and everybody's a sell context dependent, right? So I'm I'm looking to buy everybody, I'm looking to sell everybody. It all it all depends on the price. It all it all depends on value. And in some cases I'm looking to buy the stock downs, right? Because that's where the prices are. The the the, the good the good prices are. Um I, I'd also don't make too many moves um before free agency. Maybe in the minority in, in that regard, uh, I, I'm a little risk averse. You know what I mean? So I want to see where some of this falls before I make too many uh, decisions. I also tend to uh, stay away from buying running backs this early in, in the off season. But, you know, with all those caveats um, uh, in, in place and disclaimers, I would say uh, some young wide receivers I, I'd like. Uh, J-Mo, uh, I'm going after him. Um I was almost upset he had that, you know, that that good game against the Packers because I was like, oh, people like him now, you know, because mm-hmm. people were dogging him, you know. He, I, he's a top twelve. I mean, he's right up there at Wilson Alave, you know, above London for me. So uh, I, I love him. Uh, Devonta Smith, you know, he's a guy I want on a lot of my rosters, but the price is going up, so mm-hmm. you have to be careful. Rashad Bateman's interesting too because. I think you can get a good price on him. I think there was like a one-day bump when uh, Greg Roman got fired. <laughs> but uh, but if he waited that out, I think you can still get a good price on him. Because not only were people dogging him, he was also hurt. And Lamar was hurt. And the Ravens were a mess. So he, people haven't been thinking about him for, for that long, right? But now you have hope with no Roman there. You can probably get a good price on Bateman. I'm not saying he's elite, but I'm saying value is value. Right. Michael Gallup, second year back from an ACL, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk, I think might be arrow up, uh, depending on what goes down in, in, in San Francisco. I think the entire Denver offense gets a bump. So Sutton and Judy uh, might be worth looking at. Uh, I think I think Deontay Johnson's fallen to the point where he's a value. 
gimme gimme backup running backs like Ty Chandler, Jerome Ford, and Keontae Ingram who could step into more action. Zeke's a value now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, probably no Pollard. You can probably get a, a good price on Zeke if you're a contender. Same thing with older receivers like Diggs and Adams if you're a contender, James Conner if you're a contender. Let me let me um, stop you right there for yeah, just yeah, a yeah. quick second. Because you know, Pollard's injured, Pollard's a free agent. But Zeke is also there's there's a there's a possibility that Zeke could be a cap casualty. Yes, yeah, right. He's got that thing so, in his contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if Zeke is a cap casualty and moves on to another team, are are you still like in the mindset of well, value is value? I can go grab him, knowing knowing what he did this year. You know, I think it was like two two point three yards per carry this year, something along those lines. Um, even though it was almost a 50-50 split. You know, I um I got research right here. There he is. There's research over here. Checking it right now. Um, you but can it, that, it, right? you can see it in my eyes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> two two point three yards a carry seems low. It, it uh, might have been a little bit more than that. Three point. Like, he was at three point eight, which which is okay. the lowest in his career. It's right. First time he's so, ever gone under four yards a carry. So to your point, it, a less efficient year than than. Well, and what I'm saying, what I'm saying about him is, what's the price now? Mm-hmm. Therefore, what are you? wasting or throwing away if he does end up not on the Cowboys or on a worse team probably not much right so you know I'm not listening I'm not looking to acquire Zeke I'm not going to put him I'm not really taking him in startups or anything like that if I'm a contender I'm kicking the tires because right you know there's there's very likely no Pollard and as far as like him being a cap casualty whatever I'll take a pay cut if Jerry Jones wasn't a bigot on both fronts he'd marry Zeke Elliott so, like, let's <laughs> let's let's be real about things, right? Like, like, come come on, right? And just to to round out, so I, I can you know end my my babble here. Injured quarterbacks, Kyler and Lance are going too late in startups. You need to grab them. People all of a sudden think Dak is a bad quarterback, and the Cowboys fans want to move on for him and bring in who? So the the thing in people's head now is Dak is no good. So he, I think he could be a buy. Just again, it depends on the price. I love the twenty two rookie tight end class and Mike Kosecki's a free agent. He's going to go to a team that knows how to use him. Uh, and uh, his, his value is cratered. I, I think he's a buy again. You're not throwing away much. I will say this though. Think about these guys. Now when vets start becoming cheaper and picks start becoming more expensive, right? Because it's going to be the reverse later on in the off season, Right. See, everybody's got rookie fever now. Nobody and these guys aren't scoring points anymore. So, you know, that's when you kick the tires on some of these guys and, and see what kind of price you can get. Yeah, July, August, you'll see the upcre- increase specifically for running backs, whereas that would be the, the time just before then to buy them. Uh, can I add yeah. one more quarterback to your list of injured quarterbacks? I think Tua has been kind of downgraded because of the concussion things. And I still consider him a top 12 quarterback. And it seems like he might be slipping far in startups, kind of like Lance's where beyond where Dak's going, beyond where Kyler's going, it seems like Tua might be a really good value in startups right now in Superflex. Oh, like you could, you, you might easily be able to get him as your QB too. If you go quarterback in the first round, come around him with your, with your second pick. That sets off a good foundation for your team. I think if those are your first two picks, you've kind I'm of, in- I mean, two early startups. He's he's gone after the third round in both. That's crazy to me because I, I, I again, I think he should be a second round pick. So if you can get him in the third, I think that's great value. So yeah, Tua might be the the biggest buy right now. 
I know uh, the Cleveland connoisseur, Jamie Prague, has a question for us. Yeah, Gainwell, Gainwell or, or Spiller. Isaiah Spiller. Hmm. I think I know where I'm leaning. And I'm, I guess I'll have to know for sure what Austin Eckler's contract is. But yeah, I'm jumping all is, over Gainwell on this, though. Well, that's like my thinking is Gainwell might actually have a chance to be the starter for the Eagles. Uh, I believe Miles Sanders is on the, the uh, last year of his contract, of his rookie contract. So if they don't yeah, want to extend him, maybe they go in, you know, they, and if, if that's the case, they probably will still address the position in the draft. But Gainwell might be in a, in a 50-50 split to be uh, to be the guy, uh, if yep. not uh, something heavier. I guess Eckler has one year left on his contract. So maybe uh, – Problem, if I guess for Spiller, if that's the, what we're targeting halfway through his rookie contract, is the team just going to add to the running back again, the running back room? So I, I think it's Gainwell. All right, Kyle. Let's uh, let's go back over here to uh, what player are you looking actively seeking out um, to add to your to your dynasty roster and and why. Well, it's funny. I wrote an answer down in the, in the show sheet. Now I'm thinking Tua might actually be the best answer there now that I've, I've <laughs> spoken through it. Um, it's funny because Ford took one of the answers I was going to take mm-hmm. in Devontae Smith. And uh, my quick question for you guys is uh, going through my dynasty rankings. I put Smith full PPR at wide receiver 12. So am I crazy to consider him a top 12 uh, dynasty wide receiver? No. Um, I, I mean, I honestly, I look at it and go, you know, at the beginning of the year, I would have thought, yeah, you might be crazy on that. But I would have said the same thing about, you know, you if you'd have put both Hill and Waddle at top 12. What's crazy yep. is is you've got these two, what we, you know, thought of, you know, rushing quarterbacks, you know. I don't think of Tua as a rushing quarterback per se, but I just don't think he has or didn't think he had the arm and the capability of of being able the to. The high ceiling, throwing arm. The, well, the, and like and facilitate Herbert. two wide receiver ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they both did that this year. You know, so absolutely. No, I don't think you're crazy for, for putting both because I know AJ Brown, you got to have ahead of him. Right. So you got to have AJ so, Brown, probably top five. And then you've yeah, got, exactly. I think four. Yeah, and then you've I, got, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I happen to have him at 16, but you know, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm 12 is not, is not, is not crazy at all. Like, you know, if, all of a sudden uh, like Devonte Adams, you know, is stuck with a Jared Stidham. Smith is leapfrogging him, right? Uh, people are kind of down on Debo. Maybe, maybe I by the time the offseason's over, Smith leapfrogs Debo for me, you know. So then he's up to like thirteen already. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I've I've got Debo at sixteen. So that's funny, huh? Wow. <laughs> uh, reverse, but I think it's it's in, a, in the same range as like I think I've got Metcalf right behind Devontae Smith and the rookies from this year, Olave Wilson, even T Higgins. Yeah, that's all one big tier, probably starting from wide receiver 10 all the way down to like 16 17 so oh uh, we should the, have a we should have a wide receiver rankings debate then yeah no doubt mine might are very different <laughs> that's the that's the next discord conversation i can already see it coming and the thing is 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 brian ford and kyle will be there nobody else will be able to get into the conversation you will have comments but you won't we even see a the lot list. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian, what do you got for your active uh, players that you're actively seeking uh, to add to your rosters and why? I agree with, with Brian um, quite a bit. I, I would just add a few more young wide receivers in that group. I've got uh, Nico Collins, Josh Palmer. Um, 
I think a guy like Wondell Robinson coming off the injury with nobody stepping up for the Giants is a really, really good opportunity to pick up. Um, also like, um, oh, what's Jahan Dotson for the Red for the uh, Commanders? I always want to look for young wide receivers. They're either going to add you good bid step or really, really good trade bait a lot of times. So that's kind of where, where I'm leaning. It's funny. I forgot to mention my, my name was actually Marquise Brown that I put on the show sheet. Uh, it seems like there's rumors that Hopkins will be traded. So, and frankly, without Hopkins at the start of the year, Brown massive uh, market share was doing pretty well before his injury and that, and then he came back and finished the season. Not so great, but it, I think he clearly wasn't hundred percent healthy. And I know there's concerns at the quarterback Murray's ACL tear. So I think it might suppress Marquise Brown's value, even with a, a Hopkins trade away, it might be a good buy throughout the off season. All right, we got another question from Jamie right here. Superflex bench, are you putting Donald or Winston on your bench? I think this is a pretty simple answer. Neither. <laughs> uh, I mean, between the two, I prefer Darnold, <laughs> and that's more of a personal thing. Like, I've kind of cleansed Jameis Winston off my team. I'm pretty sure the last Jameis Winston share I had, I traded away for Sam Darnold. So uh, that's everything you need to know. Um, I mean – Winston had the shot this year with the Saints and kind of lost the job. I mean, was he injured? Was he not? It's very mysterious. But uh, even, like, I think of that offseason, the Bucks cut him. He had to basically sign a minimum one-year contract with the Saints because no other team really wanted him. And if the Saints are that last team that really believed in him, like, I just don't know. I don't know where Winston starts next year, personally. As, as bad as all the starters are in the NFL, like, I could see Darnold did well enough with the Panthers. They'd want to keep him. I could maybe see another team doing so too, but I just, I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing where Winston starts unless the saints really don't have another choice because they're so cast strapped. They have to go back to him, but uh, I, I prefer Darnold over Winston. I don't know if it's quite a, a tier difference, but I, if I had to yeah, pick I, flat between the two, I'm, I'm picking Darnold. Yeah. I think he's pretty cheap right now. So uh, Brian or Brian, either one of you got anything on Winston or Darnold as and it, basically it's a third quarterback. I would, I would think. Hope so. Well, I think Jack neither, not- but um, I guess if I had to pick one, Darnold's, you know, Darnold had the opportunity and did okay with it. I mean, they they had a winning rec- winning record, pretty or at least were competitive to some degree with him. But for maybe upside goes with Winston. So for me, I might still stick Winston. Yeah, for-, I, I, for for you know, I. I may I may be crazy here, but I, I got Winston way higher than, than Darnold. Um, I think the sad part is from an NFL perspective, Darnold might have a, a clearer path to, um, to to being, you know, a, a starter or, you know, spot starter this year. But I think if Winston does get a job, I think I, I like his upside a, a lot better. I think I think this year kind of messed with his head. I think the coaches made a terrible decision, you know, uh, using Dalton in, in, instead of him. I, I He improved from the old Jameis Winston. We've seen him do well. Like, I I think people are sleeping on him. I grabbed him as my QB4 in a couple of startups already uh, in, like, a disgusting, like, 18th round. Like, I don't know. Like, I have him 13 spots higher than Darnold. Maybe I'm just, you know, too high on him. No, my I, one I, concern I... – Sorry, Jay. Go ahead. My one concern with Winston is I'm not sure that he got better. That year he had Sean Payton, I think 
part of it is the, the Sean Payton system. It designs guys open. So the quarterback doesn't really have to think like your first reads open. How much, I mean, how often was Drew Brees just relying to, to Michael Thomas getting open immediately. And so this year without Sean Payton, we didn't really see Winston be like this great decision maker where it seemed like he really learned from it. It was more just Sean Payton kept the training wheels on and the offense was always set up where he didn't have to think, okay, just you're accurate. You've got a strong arm, go with your first read. And so I don't know. I don't know that he's really learned and got better. I think Sean Payton just masked it that one year. Now he might end I, up with Sean Payton anyway. We don't, we don't know where either is going to be. But uh. I'm willing to accept that because I'm the guy saying, you know, Purdy is basically being carried by CMC, Kittle, the defense, and Shanahan. Like I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to say that. I just, he, I don't think he was doing all that bad before he got injured, right? I mean, that's when Olave was getting all those air yards. So I think and, it and then he, he kind of got Wally pipped. You know, I, I don't know. They just well, it, they won it, more games with Dalton, even though Dalton didn't necessarily play better than Winston. And, you know, think of who the head coach is, right? A defensive coordinator, defensive-minded guy in Dennis Allen who probably thinks Dalton isn't going to – I mean, Dalton threw a lot of interceptions. So it's not like he didn't make mistakes, but I guess their thinking is we can win more games with him, whereas Winston could lose us more games. I'd imagine that's what they were thinking the whole time because no, yeah. nothing else really makes sense. I mean as much I as I'm, I don't I'm think a staunch anti-Winston guy, I'd kind of, <laughs> Dalton wasn't good enough to to say that he really kept him off like his play was keeping him off the field. It's I think the fact that they happened to win a couple games with Dalton. I think they won one game with Winston this year. So most of their wins came with Dalton and I think that's what the coach kind of once that started happening and he, and he got a couple wins. I think wasn't it the the Monday night against the Cardinals, I believe. There's that primetime game where they like the Cardinals got the lead and then Dalton came back and actually won them. I think that, I think that win almost got him the job the rest of the year because like it's like, he didn't give up. The team didn't give up with him. So I think they're like the the defensive minded coach is thinking this team seems to respond to Dalton. So instead of, I think, I think they just committed at that point. They just decided Dalton's the guy the rest of the year, even though if he's not playing well, we don't want to be going back and forth. I think a free agent though. Uh, Winston is. I think they both might be free agents. Winston like, either is might be under agent. contract. Yeah, Winston is a free agent. He was it two years ago with the Bucks. Was the thirty for thirty year, or three years ago was thirty years for ago. thirty. Then the one year with the Saints, and then last year he signed a two year contract. Yeah, right. He signed a one year with the Saints, and so that, that's where I wanted to go real quick. I, I don't want to stay on this all night, but one one real quick. The I don't think it was so much Sean Payton. I think it was the one year sitting behind Drew Brees and learning when he, when he came out the following year, he was a lot more decisive, at least from what I saw, he was a lot more decisive in his throws. All right. So let's move on. Uh, it to does. Stop. Sorry. It does look like Winston is actually under contract for is he under contract for 23, $15.6 million oh. cap hit. And the saints are so bad with cap space. They probably can't afford another quarterback. So right. maybe okay. I'm, that changes course, things. <laughs> the worst true. thing was that division was Phil's gold. Every team, including the Panthers and Saints, till the end thought they could win it. So and because they could, uh, it wasn't about exactly. thinking. It's because every all they had to do was win <laughs> one game, and nobody could win one game. All right, let's move on to the stock down. What player or, or players are you trying to to shop right now? Uh, whether it's for value or just to get them the hell off your team, Brian Ford. Let's go with you first. All right. Um, again, everyone and no one always depends on the price. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a hard time to sell vets just because the reason I, I was, I was saying before. So I don't know that there's, there's too, too many that are, that are on my list, but I think running backs with uncertain futures, um, next week on fever, we're going to do an episode I've been waiting to do for a long time. 
and that is the the dynasty running back landscape with a deep free agent class buyers market and a pretty deep running back class uh, as far as the rookies go um you're gonna see guys i think uh end up on shorter smaller you know uh, cheaper deals you're gonna see them uh lingering longer perhaps not signing until we're approaching training camp and and things like that and i think as much as you selling a guy like Damian Harris now when people know there's uncertainty for him, I think you stand to lose maybe more if you wait and say, oh, let's see where he signs and everything. And then you're kind of left holding the bag in, in July when he's like the third running back on the Seahawks, you know? So I think, you know, uh, Damian Harris, I think Singletary's in that category. I've never really liked him. The team has always tried to replace him. Not a huge James Cook fan, but I think he showed enough, and they'll probably maybe draft somebody. Uh, maybe Monty. I think after like Barkley and Jacobs and maybe Sanders, Monty's uh, the next free agent running back that I think could still end up with a pretty good role. So I'm like less urgently moving Monty than I am Harris or Singletary. This is for you, uh, Gator. I'm I'm trying to move Damian Pierce. Yeah. So so. Jamie has this question right here, uh, trying to move Damian Pierce right now. What kind of value can I get? So I will tell you this. I, I drafted Damian Pierce in a couple different leagues, of course. Um, I drafted him at 203 in one league, and I want to say 204, 205 in another. Um, the I want to say it was like week seven, week eight was the the week i just decided it was time to move him there's no i can't get any better value for him Mm -hmm. um i sold him in both leagues um the i sold him in one league for uh naji harris and a second round so i basically reset and got naji uh in another league i got naji harris and a third round that's very good so jamie to give you an idea i have shopped him and i have sold him and that's what I got back. But I, I don't think, think you're you, getting that now. I was just saying, you're, you're not going to well. get that now. I timed it almost perfect because oh, of yeah. the injury. You know, when Najee was injury. bottoming out, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yes. You got Najee and a pick for him. I got Najee <laughs> in a second in one league, Najee in a third in another. So yes, that's so crazy. I, so I like one league, league. Just before the playoffs, I gave up Damian Pierce and a first for Ramondre Stevenson. So and it turned out to be the one twelve. Ended up winning that league. Humble brag. Um, so that might be that might almost be the better way, like is to tear up from Pierce at a pick and get a better asset as opposed to sell him right now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who'll be afraid. Like they, some people might be like the person you try and sell Pierce to might think, oh, Texans might draft a running back. There's reasons for them to, Here's the to thing, devalue. If they're smart, not everybody in every league is a sharp. <laughs> Like you and I are, and like the audience is. I thought you were talking for, about the Texans for a second. For, for listening to us, you know what I mean, right? So, like, in, I'll tell you, in, in one league, I got Algier and a 24 second. To me, I got a very similar day three running back. Yep. Uh, and, and, and a second on, on top. In another league, I threw that offer out, and the guy was like, I'm paying up for a lateral move. That guy's smart. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the other league, they took it, right? So, Throw it out there, you know. Yeah, why not? And, and, and even that's kind of how I felt about you. Both of them, both of the trades I made for him, or or you know, trading him away, was I kind of got the reset plus, right? Because I mean, it, again, he is a fourth round pick. We don't know what's going to happen. They could they could very well go out and get him uh, another. Let's say they draft like a like a Devon A chain, 
to have like a thunder and lightning situation, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where their pick is in the third or whatever. But, you know, I, what, what do we feel about Pierce then? New coaching staff, right? Um, they inherit, you know, a day three running back. Um, maybe, you know, a, a guy like, I don't know, Izzy Abanacana falls to them, whatever, right? Now, all of a sudden, we got a pretty stinky committee. So, I don't yeah. know. You know. Yeah, seems I'm like going to throw this, this the, one out the there. Bijan Robinson is going to either the Texans or the Cowboys. Oh, I, I would like that better for Bijan than the Cowboys, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do the Texans have a second for, uh, pick in the first round? They do, yes. They have a, set, a number two and I think either 12 or 14. Okay, a, lot that, of people yeah. are, are, a lot of people are mocking like Addison or JSN to them at 12 or 14. Which is interesting, but yeah. Yeah, the they have two and twelve. I mean, if Bijan goes there, I think it, this buries Pierce. Like he's very clearly a backup. I think. absolutely. And absolutely. then you know he might be one of the better valued backups, just because you know he can handle a big workload when called upon. But that'll be that. I, I'd imagine Bijan comes in and immediately takes over. I mean, Jamie, if you can go do that move, go do that move right now. If yeah. you can, if you can, if you're selling Damian Pierce and the twelve, you're basically moving up you know, whatever it is, eight spots, smash. Go get that. Go do that now. Get off Get off of the airways and go do that. <laughs> I guess the idea of, it, you know, for sure it being Jameer Gibbs kind of implies they, they assume Bijan's going one and then Stroud I guess and it's, Young. A, it's a super flex league. So Stroud and, and Bryce Young would be two and three. Mm-hmm. So kind of thinking that, you know, the best case scenario is probably Gibbs. Yeah, I guess you got You have to actually go and look at the teams that are sitting there at one, two, and three, and see what they. I mean, don't get well, me wrong. I know you don't. You don't draft. You you do not draft for positional needs. You you draft best player available. But if you're sitting there and for whatever reason injuries or whatever, you're sitting there with let's say, you know, Josh Allen, you know, a, a Herbert, and whatever, uh, Fields as your quarterbacks. If you're not trading out of the two and three spot, then you're, you're basically doing yourself a disservice. Well, I think if you just want to look at this and not call the 104 Gibbs for now and just call it the value of the 104, mm-hmm. you smash it. Yes. And then and then you figure it out, right? Because the thing is, that pick, that 104, is going to get more expensive the closer you get, yep. the closer you get to the draft. So, like, you want to wait a little bit to maybe see how it falls out after, like, you know, the combine or whatever. See if we'd still think it's one, two, three the same way. But then that maybe that pick goes up, you know. So, get it. Get the 104 value now. And you know what? If it doesn't look like Gibbs, when that pick is on the clock, it's super expensive. Flip that MF for, Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever, Najee and something. I mean, could trade down and get something extra. Najee's a good buy. Uh, I was wondering. uh, I had a guy in mind. I can't remember. Um but like the idea of you could you could you know if you're so bent on a running back oh i was thinking can you add to the 104 to get ken walker like can you add a, a small piece maybe the 104 allows you to jump up to the 101 you're probably not jumping 112 to 101 but if you get that pick maybe you could add something and get up even and be able to get a chance at Bijan. so to, to brian's point the value you're getting of the 104 gives you a lot more options than probably the 1012 will provide so yep. uh, if, if again if, if Maybe it's not even Bijan. Let's say Jameer Gibbs goes, you know, at the 30. I guess it'll be because the Dolphins lost a pick. It'll be the 33rd pick overall. But at, at 202, 
to the Texans, if they take Jabir Gibbs right there, is that someone that kind of buries Pierce as well? If, if they go on kind of an early day two pick at running back, that's still probably, that's two rounds earlier than Pierce. Like that could still kind of hurt him enough. So now might be the time to get out of him. Even if it's not the price that Brian and we were all getting mid season, uh, you might never reach that anyway. So, you know, get out while his price is still at a respectable level because it might completely flatline. Right on. Brian, what do you what do you get for your player that you're shopping um, or to try to get off of your team as quick as you can? I'm not going to say I'm really actively shopping anybody, but definitely looking at potential running backs being twenty age 26, 27, kind of similar to Brian there. But a couple guys I would consider is um, Nick Chubb and James Conner. Um, maybe some other guys like that um, as, as potential trade pieces. But I'm not actively – all of my teams, except for the except for the one I was in, in with Kyle, um, were all playoff teams, so they don't really need a lot to be competitive next year. So, and to, to that, I'll add like a Leonard Fournette with the yeah. uncertainty of what's happening with Tampa, and maybe even Rashad White, who's a younger running back, and might be able to get even higher value. But um, well, I, I was just someone... going to say I saw you had Leonard Fournette on here, and it, it kind of like the Zeke situation. Yeah. They 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 were talking today. Um, it's very likely that, that Leonard Fournette could be a cap casualty. I'd buy that by not buy like acquire. I, I would believe that more than I would believe the Zeke. the Zeke one. Right. Right. Because here's the thing. When you're buying low on Zeke, like I said before, you're buying low into some stability. You mm-hmm. buy low on Fournette. You don't know who the quarterback is. The O-line was in shambles. Like, yeah, so yeah, I, I like the Leonard Fournette there. Uh, the, so the I, I bring that up because I, I am actively trying to buy Rashad White. I want. It's funny because I've got too many shares. I'm not going to try and buy because I like him so much. Right. <laughs> I might want to diversify by Sally, but just the idea of if like, if people are thinking Fournette gets cut and then that that ups like that might be the time to sell White is the news when Fournette gets released before the draft. Because the, there's risk, maybe Tampa spends another day three pick on a running back, and White's in a committee. You know, is, is Rashad White really that different from Damian Pierce? I like him better as a prospect, um, but uh, they got. I guess he did get one round. Well, not really a full round, but one, you know, a third round pick compared to a fourth round pick of draft capital. So maybe a little more safe, but that could be something where maybe not right now, but yeah, once Fournette's release and, and it appears he is the guy, there might be a good sell high window then. Real quick, fun one. Remember, like, on the eve of the regular season, right, the Jags cut Leonard Fournette. That's true. And people were like, what the heck, right? And you're going to give the job to a UDFA, right? Then J-Rob goes out and balls, (laughs) right? You know, and and then Lenny goes to to Tampa Bay and says, I'm still Lenny, you know, and and I'm playing well. Then the descent of J-Rob. Now we're worrying if Lenny's, you know, gonna gonna still be. A, imagine in like August, these guys are both like just kind of jobless and hanging out together. You know, after all that, you know, up and down. Wow, Jay, I've got a question crazy. for you. All right, so you're a Bucks fan. Who do you see as the day one starting quarterback? Um, I, I he's not on the roster. If that's what you're asking, I have no <laughs> I have no clue. They we don't even have an offensive coordinator right now. Oh, I mean, yeah. we we've talked to Keenan McCardo. We've talked to Jim Bob Cooter. We I mean, who knows? Please hire Jim Bob Cooter. It's the best no, name in the NFL. No, no, like no, stop, yeah. stop, stop, just for name value. Stop, Come on, stop, Jim stop. Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter with the Buccaneers. <laughs> that, no, that's an that's an Atlanta thing. That's that's. 
They need to they need to put a a, a they need to put a team in Alabama so he he will be the owner of that team. He will immediately own that team. Just like isn't the isn't the OC like like shadow Bruce Arians anyway? Like isn't uh but maybe he's doing it from he maybe he's doing it from the from the rooftops. You know, now he's got his little heaven heaven spot up top there. He's got the Vader thing, right? Is he just like force manipulating hey, speaking whoever it is? Speaking of the Bucks, do y'all know what today is? Besides it being January 26, 2023. Today, 20 years ago, is the day that my Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their first Super Bowl. 20th anniversary. So, thank you. Thank take you that, for, Raiders. Thank you for, yes, take that, Raiders. Thank you for I remember where I was. I do, too. I was in the middle of a, a group of people with a big screen TV. And I say big screen, it was like 46 inches because that was big back then. <laughs> And when my daughter came running across the room, I was like, get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> she still remembers that. That's the worst thing about it. Yeah, she does. Because she was like, well, it's just, it's, it's Who just. Who was the starting football. quarterback? Brad Johnson? Brad Johnson. Yeah, Brad yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Well, listen, I got, I got two more. I got one more question. Uh, and then I want to do a, a Chrome Dome if we have time. We're already an hour and five into it. Ford, are you good for you good for a few more minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm good. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to make sure. I don't care what Kyle or, or the other Brian have to say. Uh, I like Rashad White. A lot I mean, I might have to pee in a in a seltzer can in a bit. But that's, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it is so RB fifteen ish in dynasty. It's pretty high, and I I love Rashad White. That's a yeah. Well, and if that's the case, Jamie, you probably don't have to spend RB fifteen price to buy him right now. I yeah, some people deep. really love Rashad White. Yep. I, I think we might be a little over our skis on him. We got excited when he was starting that he was the starter of that game, and all he's taking over the backfield now. And uh, and he's he's getting he's getting like forty percent of the work, something along those lines. But he got way more carries than Fournette did in the playoff game. Well, in the playoffs, it was just so it was for some all reason they thought yeah. in terms of if we have to give someone the football to carry, they they seem to trust White a lot more than. To Fournette, be fair so. to Jamie, though, I've seen other folks you know who are like whatever names in the dynasty space. Have have white, uh, you know, between like fifteen and twenty. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I see him as a, I see him as a as a definite RB two right now. I just don't know if I have him that high. And, and I try, you know, to be quite honest, I am a Tampa fan, so I try to. Okay, if I if I want to put him at you know thirteen, I'm going to back him up probably three spots unless there's just something overly obvious uh, for rankings. All right, so this one here. I know this can be an actual. We could we could talk another four days about this one question, um, but what is the when you go into the off season? You know, speaking of dynasty fantasy football, when you go into the off season, what is the like the main thing that you are going to look at to start evaluating your dynasty team to to start knowing? Hey, I am a contender. I'm a pretender. I, I'm in the middle. What do I got to do to make these moves, Kyle? What do you do when you walk over and look at your team or teams and start to evaluate? What's like the first thing you try to do? Well, and I think based on the the scoring settings and roster settings of a league, there's going to be a position that's most important to have. Most super flex leagues, it's quarterback. So that's easy is just really that, that. So if it's a super flex league, the question is, you know, especially in a 12 team league, I want to have one of the 12 best quarterbacks. So that, that's really the first question. Do I have a top 12 quarterback on my team? And if not, you're probably not competing with that um, because even like value and production wise are at an apex where like the young valuable quarterbacks in terms of trade value are also the ones that are 
scoring the most points. So if you're if you're outside that top twelve QB club in a twelve team league, that's where you really got to find whatever it takes to get probably one of those top twelve quarterbacks away from the other managers is what you need to do. Now in single quarterback leagues, it's probably either the running back or wide receiver position, especially in full PPR with multiple flex spots. That's something where if like you know, if, if it you start with three wide receiver and two flex spots, you can play five receivers every week. That's probably what you want as a, I want a, a solid core of say seven, eight receivers that are all top 50 guys. And if you don't have that depth of that wide receiver room, I know Scott Connor uh, from dynasty mm-hmm. and chill has talked about this. You, you know, if you, you know, I think it's about 50% of your flex spots should be wide receiver in terms of if it's full PPR uh, just based on data from the last uh, however many years. And then from there, if you want to, so let's say you're filling four receiver spots every week, you also want to have enough depth. So probably one and a half times. So that would put it at six receivers and whatever the threshold is of at six receivers in the, you know, in, in five spots, wide receiver 60, right. Uh, you know, t- 12 times five. So you want your six receivers to be within that top 60 threshold. Uh, you can push that depth however you want, but that would be kind of the way to look at it and kind of look at every team all together. What you know is is my wide receiver room one of the better ones in the league? Is it in the upper half of the league? If so, probably puts me in, a, in enough position at high, of depth and high end to compete. If not, and that's that's again the position to address first. So, a identifying what's the most important position in your league, and then b just looking specifically at that position. How do I stack up to the rest of the league? How does my team compare at that position? Love it. Brian Ford. I love this answer, by the way. As I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to It says the word spreadsheet it. in it, so I love it yes, too. Yes, so, yes, right? Yeah. And so I, I almost like, I, because I have it in order, and I was like, do I skip this because I want this to be good? Or do I, so, no, you know what? Screw it. Brian Ford, what do you well, got? Oh. Um, we lost Vandy grad. I, I, I guess, uh, I guess he wasn't so excited about my answer. Um, so, <laughs> he like, uh, you don't, you don't like <laughs> Vandy grad yeah. is not about spreadsheets. He's Vandy I've, grad. I've started warming up to them, you know, in the last, in the last couple of years, not because I'm a, like, you know, I'm a, you know, data hashtag team, team nerd guy. Give me a heat map and one of the plot charts and things like that. It just organizes information easily for me, you know, like, so like whatever, but like even before I evaluate whether I'm a contender or not, the end of the season, right? I make my spreadsheet and I have all my all my teams, and then the columns are all the important stuff: settings, scoring. What's the starting lineup? Is it start ten? What you know? What are the what are the positions that start, et cetera, et cetera? You know, then I'll do like what's my draft capital at the moment, and then like some roster highlights of of some players that I have, you know, that are you know if there are highlights on some of those rosters. <laughs> Um, and then the last column is, you know, my column for notes, uh, you know, what's my plan? How do I evaluate this team? You know, what, what am I thinking? And to do that, you know, I, uh, my first question I ask myself is, can I compete in 2023? And, and, and then I go from there. So how do I answer? Can I compete in 2023? I go into my league and I look at the rest of the rosters. I do what Kyle was talking about, you know, as far as positions, I, I, pretty much only playing super flex tight end premium. So I'm looking at the quarterbacks and tight ends and saying, Oh, you know, okay, those are my pillars. What's my running. And if that's good, you know, uh, is my running back room, like a 2023 compete running back room, you know, uh, if not, am I like one running back uh, away? And if I'm not, et cetera, et cetera. Right. A couple, another hack for folks is 
if you go into if you're on sleeper and you go into like when it has the stuff on the right hand side and you tap leaders, right? And just see what your with your with your league settings, who did well? What do you notice? Right? You know, are you using the wrong kind of receiver? Are you missing out on those 40 yard plus TD bonuses that that a couple of receivers got that pushed them up up there? And and also to the number of spots. And uh, like like for example, I love the onesie leagues. I know some people don't like them when it's like one running back, one one wide receiver, one tight end, and then like the rest flex, right? Obviously, quarterback and super flex, right? Um, I love those. That changes everything, right? Because if you don't have to start two running backs, now all of a sudden, you know, you think of running backs and they're valued differently, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, yeah, I think it's that's like my first. I got to map it all out because I'm I'm at like thirty leagues now, so that's my first step. Yeah, I think I think it's said, but it's you know, people will say it and then people just listen, but they don't hear it. But you definitely have to know the scoring in each and every single one of your leagues. No matter how many leagues you're in, you have to know the scoring for each and every single one of them. It's, def- it's definitely probably the biggest advantage if you can do that because not everybody pays attention. They they it's it's just like when you when you watch a trade come across on Twitter or somebody sends you an I you know hey this is you know like Jamie said earlier would you do this? Well, again, it depends on your scoring. Like is or do you need a running back? Is your your is the one hundred four better than the one twelve compared to what you have on your roster? Are you spending too much? So it it just depends on a lot of a lot of variables, and one of them is your scoring. Brian, what do you have? What is like the first thing you're looking at when you go into the offseason evaluating your dynasty rosters? I'm no different than I'm no different than Brian or Kyle on this one. Is you. You got to evaluate most importantly, are you a contender, pretender, or is it time to rebuild? I mean, but the other thing I think it's really important, like you're starting, I'm starting to get trade offers right now, but you don't have to rush into anything. It's a long off season. It's a long time between now and combine days, senior days, you know, evaluate your team, properly evaluate your team because there's no better time than now to see where you're at and, you know, maybe you're only a piece away. I'm, in every league I was in, I made the playoffs, but I still know that there's there's work to be done. But at the same time, you don't have to rush into anything. It's do it on your time. And if you know, if you don't, if you don't, unless there's just some great offer that just stands out to you, weigh it. I mean, you don't you don't have to jump into it just because there, maybe we don't have much football left right now. Just take your time. There will be plenty of time later. Right on, right on. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100% there. You got to remember, you're not setting a roster for another seven months or something like that. Nine months. Nine months. Nine months. You're not setting a roster until then when we, we, you know, in in what, 70 something days, 67 days, something like that. We're going to have the NFL draft. Then we start drafting or, you know, our rookie drafts if if you're not drafting before the NFL draft. And remember that when you go and do your rookie drafts, we're not drafting for need. You're drafting best available because then even at that point, you still have six months before you set a lineup. You can still make trades in that time. You could conceive, incubate, and birth a human before you're setting your first (laughs) starting lineup. Well, I mean – Maybe you can. I I I can't. I can't. I had a vasectomy. So <laughs> okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I thought you had mentioned that. Yeah, so I just yeah. wanted to make sure that was out there. All righty. So I know Megan. I haven't seen Megan in a while, and that's kind of that's kind of uh, concerning. Um, but 
Oh, that's Jeff. Don't mention vasectomies on the air. What are you doing? Well, he's probably like, you guys are going too long. It's now in 15. Oh, no, no. I, I, we've got it. We're, we're good. We have nobody in, in, in the airways coming. At least. Well, the, I think it's more about the po- podcast episode like that. Oh, this is. Yeah, that's your fault. You, you get to cut it down. All right. So last one of the uh, night. We, I we cut anything. The, this is, it's been gold. From the, the we do, we do the chrome dome parlays of the night. Brian, you didn't know what this was, but we got it explained. You got it covered. This just the conference championship games. So Brian, why don't you go ahead and lead us off with with yours? I, you've got you've got a ship pile in here, so I love it. All right, we're going to jump over here, Kyle. Go right ahead. Yeah. Um, so the, really, the one that stood out to me, uh, just looking at numbers, Kenneth Gainwell. And it was at first, it was, oh, his rushing number is like at 10 and a half rushing yards a week after he goes for like 112. So I thought that was pretty low for the way that uh, the, the disparity between him and Miles Sanders seemed high. That, yeah, they gave him like eight and a half uh, receiving yards. So his uh, uh, rushing receiving, the one I found anyway, was at 18 and a half combined yards for rushing and receiving for Gainwell. And I, I like doing that one because he could easily get. 20 yards either rushing or receiving more more likely to that rushing so that's one where he has multiple ways to get to that 18 and a half so kenneth gainwell on rush plus receiving yards that was really the only one that stood out to me is like smash this one everything else i I like a lot of what you guys are saying but that was the one that i thought could so easily be attainable i love going low lines anyone who watched the the two-point conversion i know jay went through all the shows but on on monday nights is trying to find some of those really low lines for in this case, it's a backup Whoa. running back, and, and everyone will view him as the backup. But, I mean, he yeah, produced the starter last week, so it doesn't well, necessarily have to do that to get 20 yards. But uh, Gainwell, yeah, a... Gainwell has done this for, like, four weeks straight now. He, he's crushed the rushing number alone. Uh, you know, Like you said, they, they gave him – I think it was 13 and a half was last week, and he went for, you know, whatever it was. <laughs> over 100. 100. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just a slight – just a slide over that. Um, <laughs> then, of course, this week at 10, 10.5 rushing, and I hammered the, that right away um, because I can see them doing that. Uh, game was averaging like nine and a half yards a rush in, in the last like four weeks. Running might be the best way to get it, you know, slow down yeah, that but pass rush I don't, a little bit. I don't hate your 18 and a half here because, you know, basically in, if they give him the ball three, four times, if he's averaging, you know, six yards a play, and they give it to him four times, boom, you're in, right? So I, I, I do, I do like that. All right, Brian, you're back. You have, you have a laundry list of, of these these plays that you love. Go ahead, tell me what you got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about each game. So quickly, I think that the um, the NFC game is going to be a defensive battle. I mean, for me personally, I, I don't see it being exceedingly high scoring. So the only thing I really liked in that game is Devontae Smith minus un, under under the yards, which I think was 66 and a half. I just don't half. I just don't think it's a very offensive output. In terms of in terms of the Chiefs Bengals game, they'd recent they recently played. History has a te- has a tendency to repeat itself. So I'm going with the Bengals. Joe, Joe Burrow over touchdown and a half and also over the yardage, which is two eighty six, I think. Uh, but I was reading on CBS Sports Line that this year the Bengals only had one game in which you had two receivers over 100 yards. And I'm going with the secondary receivers, staying away from Jamar Chase. I'm going over for, over yardage for both Tyler Boyd at 36 and a half, I think it is, 
and he hit and at 57 and a half. Yep. And then for the Chiefs, with Mahomes banged up, I like Pacheco being involved more. He's been really good since he's been inserted at the starter. And it seems really low. His 47 and a half, I want, I want the over on him for his rushing yards. Yeah, you should get the opportunity. I love that one especially. Yeah, my concern with Pacheco is the the way that they have been, or the the with the injury that that uh, Mahomes has. Pacheco can't block for for the save his life. So if he's in there, they know he's going to run. If they got McKinnon in there, they know it's going to be a pass play. Um, so that that could be something absolutely obvious. Uh, that would be the one that scares me out of that. Um, I, I love the the Tyler Boyd over thirty two and a half. Um, I don't know if I like the Burrow over uh one and a half passing. He's definitely getting one, and I and I don't like the seventy nine and a half passing yards. I think that's going to be under there. But you know, this is your money. We'll spend it how you want to. And like I said, history has a way to repeat itself. And Burrow had two eighty six in, in the last game, so that's kind of where I'm leaning. Just I think it's going to be a very high high score. And we were wrong last time in regards to smashing the over, but I would smash the over on this game. Very, very fair. Brian Ford, take it home. Yeah, so I went on our sponsor underdog site, and I I took a look at some of what they have. And uh, what stood out to me was George Kittle. Uh, And so they have him at four receptions, 47 and a half yards, and 8.95 fantasy points. I don't know how underdog counts points like i don't know if they're ppr but um if so i'm going higher on all three of these and let me explain why i agree with vandygrad that it's going to probably be a lower scoring game but this is what i see happening uh philadelphia probably doing okay versus the run right which then is going to force purdy to, to pass a little bit his two favorite targets cmc and kittle right okay on top of that Philadelphia's secondary is good on the outside. They're soft in the middle. I remember from DFS this season, if you're going to pick on um, Philly, pick on them with the slot, with tight ends, et cetera, right? So um, I think I think Kittle's going to eat. I think so. I'm going higher than four receptions, 47 and a half yards, and 8.95 fantasy points. I love all those. Okay, so Jamie is saying underdog is half PPR, which I've really, uh, I've never really paid attention. Which makes to sense. Why it would only be eight point nine five right. if they're giving right. him, you know, four four receptions? That's half of that right there. So yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot well, of sense. Well, listen, it has been an absolute blast. We've gone twenty minutes over. Jeff loves us. Hey, <laughs> listen, if you are still sticking around and you are watching this, if you're watching it on the replay, dude, hit that thumbs up for us. Hit that like, hit that subscribe button, because that's the ones that Jeff looks for. Please make him happy. We don't care if you make us happy. It's not about us. This is all about you. Brian, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Tell the good people where they can find you, where they can find your good stuff. All right, so you can find me at FFJunkie underscore on Twitter. Uh, I'm also the co-host of Dynasty Fever Podcast at Dynasty Fever Pod on Twitter. We record on Wednesdays, audio only, drops on Thursdays. My Dynasty rankings and upcoming articles, I'm going to be writing more this offseason, are on goingfor2.com. I'm going to be doing some um, prospect profiles coming up soon. So, uh, yeah, take a look, uh, you know, keep an eye out for that. Absolutely wonderful. Brian, where can they find you and what you got going on this offseason? They can find me at Vandegrad92 on Twitter. 
just like I did in the fall. I'll, I'll be working here with going for two, but I'll also be working for, for frequency sake. And we're going to, we're going to be doing some baseball DFS as all, as well as news breaking stories for the NFL. So be sure to follow my account and hopefully we'll have some fun stuff for you. Awesome. Mr. Kyle, what you got? Well, I want to answer this quick question by Jamie. Oh. We never got to uh, jo- Josh Palmer or Donovan Peoples Jones. Part of me, I mean, I, I, the, the capital that was spent on Palmer, third round pick, and the fact that he's Canadian gives me the bias to go on his side and, and maybe wanting to invest in that Chargers passing offense more than the Browns passing offense. I so as much as, as much as I'm sure Jamie would love if we said Donovan Peoples Jones for as the Cleveland connoisseur. I, See, I, I knew there was an underlying reason why you went, you you had this stored, and I didn't really pay attention to it. Well, I just there want to do because under- Jamie asked. I didn't want to not answer. That there was, was an it. underlying issue on why you wanted to bring up Josh Palmer. I get it. I get it. Damn Canadians all sticking together with snow snow white up there. The maple syrup <laughs> makes us all stick it's together, right? Syrup. That's what it is. That's what it is. No, I, I honestly, either one of them. Um, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is not a free agent this year, is he? I don't think uh, so. I think he's still on a rookie contract. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm the lead. This will be year three for him. Yeah, I think I'm four. leading Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think they had a great connection, or he had a great connection, or at least started to build that connection with Watson. I think I can see that going forward as well. That's the way I would lean there. I like Palmer. Don't get me wrong. I just like Peoples-Jones a little bit better. He could be the number two receiver on that team. Yeah, yeah that, that may not be the case for Palmer. So I, I, I get why it's a question. I think uh, awesome. both could be biased, to be honest. Kyle, tell them, tell the good people where they can find you, where they can find your work. So I'm on Twitter at Senra Says. Uh, I know right now we're right now. I guess we're going for two live. All I'm doing is the Dynasty Gambit, the uh, press coverage and uh, two point conversion Mondays. That'll start up again uh, after the Super Bowl. So my first episode of press coverage will be February 20th. Uh, so yeah, you can check me out there. And then I'm also uh, on Twitter at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. I co-host the Full Press Fantasy Pod, and uh, yeah, we just put out a recent episode uh this morning actually so uh i uh, talked about the you know kind of what we love to talk about tonight divisional round recap championship preview talking about some fantasy football for the playoffs specifically and uh yeah we'll eventually talk more dynasty once the the playoffs are over yeah on that podcast that is awesome well you all can find me at fantasy j77 over on twitter you can find me in the going for two discord uh you can find me on wednesday nights with fantasy intervention But more importantly, for Kyle, for Brian, and for Brian, (laughs) we thank you all for joining us tonight. This is the end of the Gambit for this Thursday. We will be back next week. I think we've got two more more Gambits before we take a week off, and then we'll go to every other week because we are then going to become Gladys' pips two weeks after that. So for Kyle, for both of the Bryans, for the Vandy grad, and for the, the, the FF junkie, Thank you all. Have a great night. Enjoy.